0: fact, we can always have fun around here. Ephesians 4, 1 through 6. Ask when you find that if you'll stand our God's honor as I read aloud. As a prisoner for the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. our hearts, um, to you and our lives, we confess we simply need you. We need to get along with you first. Your word says that when we get along with you, we are called to get along with each other. I pray this morning as we look at your word, uh, I just ask Holy Spirit that you continue to move as we have sung to you and worshipped you in a variety of ways. We want to continue to keep our attention on you. So just lead us, Lord, in the time that remains. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Karen Mains, in one of her books shares this parable. Imagine in our church that this is the time for a wedding. And the place is full. And there's that sense of expectation and anticipation of a great wedding and a great marriage to follow the wedding party is up front everybody is dressed and every hair is in place and the groom is in his tuxedo and he is just beaming waiting waiting for his bride and then comes the music the bridal march and Everyone stands and they turn, all eyes fixed upon the bride as she comes down the aisle. But what they see is not a woman in a beautiful, elegant white dress and a beautiful veil. They see is a woman with a limp as she barely makes it down the aisle and her arms are bruised and bleeding and one of her eyes is purple and swelled and her hair is disheveled. And then as she manages to come up the aisle, everybody is gasping. What is happening? What is going on? And, and then Karen writes this note. She says, Does not this handsome groom deserve better than this? And then the clincher. Alas, his bride the church has been fighting again. It is heartbreaking that the one place where the unity of God and the peace of God and the presence of God should be, and that's His people gathered, oftentimes uh, is hotbed. People are wounded and they're hurt. As one author said, the Christian army is the only... Army that shoots its wounded. Uh, and we know that there are cases where that certainly occurs. Uh, before I even get in the text, I always when I think of this, I always think of Hebrews 12, verses 14 and 15. And it says, Make every effort to live at peace with all men and to be holy. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. In other words, th- this is something that you have to make effort toward. It doesn't come naturally naturally we're to be peacemakers and to be peacemakers it's to be with everyone and let's just face it sometimes we don't get along we're all kind of quirky and we have our stuff but he says that without holiness without being set apart to god no one will see the lord and you know through the years as i've thought of that verse you can read that two ways Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. If you don't set your part of self for God, you personally will not be able to see the Lord and walk with Him and clearly be in communication with Him. But there's another way to read that. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. It means nobody's going to see Jesus in you or in the church or the people of God or the family of God. That we've talked about how precious it is. But we want people to see why it's precious. It's because of Jesus who lives and reigns within us. And I always think of that next verse, Hebrews twelve fifteen. It says, see to it that no one misses the grace of God. You see, that's what happens to us all the time, guys. We don't just get a drop of the grace of God. He showers us. I mean, He immerses us in His wonderful grace. And we miss it. And so the challenge here is, do not miss God's grace. See to it that no one misses the grace of God. And then he goes on and explains what happens when we miss the grace of God. And that no bitter root grow up and cause trouble and defile many. That's what happens when the bride of Christ fights. and looks like that wounded bride making her way down the aisle. um, A bitter root grows up causes trouble, and then it spreads out among the body of Christ. And this morning, we want to look at these verses as there are four key ingredients in getting along in the family of God. So let's just jump right into the text. The Apostle Paul starts out here as he writes to the church in Ephesus. He describes himself as a prisoner for the Lord. We know many times he literally was a prisoner for the Lord. Chained and sitting in prisons because of his faith in Christ. And as he speaks to the church, he says, I urge you, I compel you guys to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. In other words, be the real thing. Man, love Jesus. Don't just talk about Jesus. I mean, love Jesus. May, may your life just leak Jesus and reflect Jesus. That's the call. I think it's interesting here that when he describes the call, the life worthy of the calling you have received, he he could talk about the functions of the church and and I'm not diminishing this any way. This is our calling. We have a call, of course, to to evangelize and move out. Yes, we need to. That needs to be our heartbeat, but. There is a call to, to pray, obviously. There is a, there, there is a, a call to, to give for Christ. All of that. But in this particular context, when he talks about living a life worthy of the calling you have received, he's talking about it in the context of the congregation, of the church, the people of God, as they come together, and the relationships that connect and show Him to a lost world and to a world... Inside a gathering such as this. And so let's let's just jump through here at these. The first ingredient here is humility. He says, be completely humble. Humility is the heartbeat of Jesus Christ. Man, you look at his life. The one who certainly deserves all the attention... All the praise, all the worship, decided to stoop. I love that definition of grace. It's to stoop. The King of glory stooped out of love for us. He got on his knees. He bowed his heart. He became that servant. I love Mark ten forty five That says, for even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. That's Christ. That beautiful section of Scripture in Philippians 2 Five and down through verse eleven, he says, Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus. What was that attitude? Who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing. Taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself to death. Even to the obedient death on a cross. He says, therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow in heaven on earth and under the earth. That is Jesus. That's what marked Jesus. What's humility? And it is to mark us in the body of Christ as we get along. The focus is not about me, 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 me. It's about him. And it leaks over you. You see? You see? Um, I love what the Augustine, the great theologian of the fourth century wrote. They asked him, what are the three most important principles of the Christian life? And he said, number one, humility. Number two, humility. Number three, humility. <laughs> in other words, we need humility because we're so naturally racked up for it to be about pride. And you know, someone has said, what's right in the middle of pride? Ah. And, and, and that's where we are. Next ingredient is gentleness. Notice what he says in our text. He says, be gentle. The word uh, was often used to speak of a wild horse. And how there was all this power. But the horse had to be broken in order to be ridden. To be utilized. And so it is a picture of great strength. That comes under control. So that it can be useful. In, uh, some translations it's it's... Meekness. And I love that saying, you know, meekness is not weakness. It's that strength that's under control. It is a confidence in who you are that you belong to Christ. And you don't always have to get your way. You don't, you know, you're just willing to be gentle about it. And not force your way through to receive what you long for. You know, it's interesting. The only time Jesus describes himself... In Matthew 11, uh, 28 through 30, deals with this. You guys know the passage. He says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am, here it is, gentle and humble in heart. And you will find rest for your weary souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. As he gives a description of himself, he says... That I'm gentle and I'm humble in heart. Third. Third ingredient is patience with forbearance. Notice the text. He says bearing with one another in love. So the picture here is we're be patient, which means put up with each other. But it's beyond that. The idea of forbearance is it's with love. You genuinely care about each other. And let's just face it, people are weird. Y'all are nuts. And I am too. I love that first past you know, pastor's first funeral, and he gets out there and the guy's out there and they hadn't closed the casket yet. He just kind of gets lost in his preaching and He says, if we look at this brother that's down here, he says, all that remains is the shell. The nut is gone. And so, you know, like I said, we're all a little bit quirky. But the call is not to focus on the quirks. I love Proverbs 17, verse 9, um, that tells us to um, not keep on promoting those quirks, but to look over them. The verse is, he who covers an offense promotes love. But whoever repeats the matter separates close friends. You know, like the old saying, the guy that said, my wife, when she gets mad, she doesn't get hysterical, she gets historical. You know, just keep bringing it up over and over again. He says, no, don't do that. There's forbearance, there's patience. It's a way to live in love. Uh... Dwight Pentecost, in one of his books, wrote about a tragic situation in the church where, because of the fight, they ended up going to court over which faction was going to stay in the facilities and which one was going to move out. They couldn't agree. And, of course, these kind of things, God doesn't want our disputes I have to go outside the body of Christ. But this is what happened, and I mean, this thing was oh, it was just a horrible witness in the community. And finally, when it was all over, and the side that lost left the church, started another church. They found out what all the fight, where it all began. You know where it began? They were having a fellowship meal, you know. Maybe it sounds like they sound Baptist, don't they? Covered dish talked about the other day. I was some, oh, we had ordination council and they talked about the sacraments. And of course, the guy said, "You know, in the Babs with baptism and the Lord's supper." And I said, "What about the third sacrament?" I said, "What's that?" I said, "The covered dish." I was just kidding, and, you know. But but the point of the matter is, this happened, and you know they were having a covered dish supper, and how it started was one of the older members got a smaller piece of ham than the guy next to him and he got mad and overreacted and the guy who served him overreacted and the whole church ended up being torn apart god forbid guys we all get mad sometimes but let's not let it take root and grow and cause trouble. And destroy our unity. Because we're, we're bound together in Christ. Even though we all are weird kind of you know. The, the fact of the matter is. He loves weird people. He, he calls them to salvation. And, and And brings them together. That's his work. One more here. As he goes on in verse 3. Make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit. Through the bond of peace. Now I want you to notice here in this verse. He doesn't say make every effort to unify the church. It is not my job and it is not your job to unify God's people. That's the job of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit of God is the one who brings unity. He's the one who opens our eyes. He's the one who opens our hearts. He's the one who enables us to see what we need to see. Otherwise, we're blind. Just like Amazing Grace. I'm blind now. I see. It's the Holy Spirit that does it. No, we're not called to create the peace. We're called to keep the peace. We're called to preserve the peace. We're called to make an effort that unity is there. Satan, he, man, he... He doesn't try to destroy the church from the outside. He tries to join the church. He tries to just unify the church and, and, and knock the church apart. I love in the contemporary English version, translate this verse. Try your best to let God's spirit keep your hearts united. Do this by living at peace. Donald Gray Barnhouse talks about a pastor who went through the New Testament finding examples Of what it means to be unified. And what it means to be in disunity. I just want to read these lists real quick. Uh, First, 20 activities that divide. Self-seeking. Pharisaical. Playing God for others. Hypocrisy. Failing to appreciate others' gifts. Lack of patience. Not sympathizing with others' infirmities. Evil speaking. Assuming without grounds that others are at fault. Suspecting the motives of another. A domineering spirit. A rebellious spirit. Snobbery, hatred, grumbling, arguing, murmuring, maliciousness, being nosy, greedy, bitter, resentment, instability, timidity, spite, laziness, economic freeloading, lying, slander, jealousy, thinking too highly of oneself, a critical spirit, encouraging controversy. (laughs) Is everybody under conviction? All right, now let's look at the flip side. Activities that unify the church. Willingness to be in subjection to others. Considering others better than ourselves. An understanding spirit. A close relationship with Christ. Not insisting on our rights. Willingness to confess a wrong spirit. Sincerity. Generosity. Hospitality. A sympathetic spirit. Trusting others. Having expectations in Christ. Not others. Joyfulness. Prayer. Prayer tactful caution, a critical spirit towards oneself, Christ-centeredness, love in word and deed, fair and honest dealing with others, integrity, recognizing one's place as the assignment of God, a forgiving spirit, avoiding arguments over confusing issues, refusing any kind of disorderly conduct, conscientiousness, faithfulness, being responsible to perform assignments, not misusing authority over others, being willing to follow those in authority over us, a gentle and quiet spirit, humility, using our gifts for one another, remembering our own mistakes and not the mistakes of others. That's what God wants to do among us. He wants to build that in us. It's not about our differences. It's about sharing Jesus. We share Jesus. Jesus. And He's so great, He's too great not to share with somebody else. That's our call. It's our heart. Uh, Just go through the text here real quick here. Uh, Notice what it says. Uh, There's one body, one spirit. Just as you were called to one hope when you were called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all. Who is over all and through all and in all. Man, that's our, that's our, that's what we long for. That that description of of what we share. That's what unifies us. That's what keeps us together. it's, It's beautiful. Unity through Jesus Christ by the Spirit of God. One commentator said, whatever you do, don't slack up. Don't slow down. Don't stray away from preserving and protecting the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. That's the call. Uh, I've always loved pets. I've been more experienced with dogs and cats. So, though I do have a cat that I'm fond of. But... Uh, in the past, we went through the experience. We didn't have a fence of the electric underground fence. You know, you put the shock collar on the dog, and you you know have an area that you map out, and you try to train the dog. You know, if you go beyond here, you're going to get shocked. And these collars, uh, there is a certain frequency, certain sound that is a warning. To the dog. If you go past here buddy. Ouch. You know. That's what happens. Well we had this one dog. Where we lived. Uh, her name was Willow. Willow the Whippet. Which is like a small greyhound. And Willow. Was one of the most. Feminine dogs. I have ever known. I loved Willow. But I mean. She just looked girly. Sometimes I would look at her. And just imagine. Long eyelashes. Batting. That was really ugly. I shouldn't have done that. <laughs> but long eyelashes batting, and and she was just so sweet and, and gentle. But, you know, she'd get away and cause trouble. And we did this electric fence because of an incident um, with her. But anyway, uh, man, she was trembling. Even, I mean, you got to the point, she didn't want to go out in the yard because she was afraid. I mean, she didn't just tremble. She shivered, you know? And, 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 we had, that had problems, you know, she about went mental on us because she was so worried about that electric fence. But, you know, I've known other dogs, you know, people, and they've used those things. There's some dogs, they just say, forget it. I want to chase this car. I want to cause my trouble. And if a little pain is necessary, whew, run through there and then yelp for at least five minutes, you know. And then I heard one story about a dog. Man, this dog's too smart for his own good. He would go lay down by the line until the warning signal stopped. I don't need to know what that breed is. I couldn't. Smarter than me. But anyway, and then the dog would run out and cause trouble. You know, what if? What if we had something like that to keep unity in the church? Some kind of little collar. And you know, when you just had this desire to cause trouble... You know, I might start shivering like Willow if I had that. And you say, now preacher, if I come next Sunday and the ushers start handing out collars, forget it, I'm leaving this church. truth of the matter is, we don't need shock collars, but we do have something that God provides in keeping the unity. Uh, Let's look down here at verse 7 of our text. I'm almost done here. But to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ has a portion. In other words, He gives us grace, He gives us strength that is not ours, He gives us wisdom that doesn't belong to us. He provides what we need that's not of us. That is of Him in order to do what is right. That's what He does. That is our God. He empowers us as we cry out to Him. As we lean on Him. As we walk with Him. And that is a moment by moment part of life. You don't just come to church. I got all I need for a whole week and come back. No. It's like each morning we wake up and as Galatians 2.20 says, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Man, that's the mark of our lives, God. Here I come, Father, offering me. And I'm a mess, Lord, but I'm yours. Holy Spirit, fill me. Grace, may I be empowered to... Represent you and to not be such a knucklehead, but to love your people and to live for you. Uh, As I close this thing out, let's just look at the end of chapter 4 that beautifully describes a person who is submitted to Christ under the power of the Holy Spirit. Verse 29. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for others, building others up according to their needs, so that it may benefit those who listen. Wow. Help me with my words, Lord. You know what happens sometimes? You know, my tongue goes in gear and my brain's in neutral. (laughs) He says, Don't do that. What's your words? I love Psalm 39 1 in the NIV. It says, um, yeah, I went brain drain. Let me look it up. This is why I thought you should do this. Psalm 39 1. I said, I will watch my ways and keep my tongue from sin. Isn't that great? I will put a muzzle on my mouth as long as the wicked are in my presence. You know, that came to my mind as I thought about this whole dog illustration. Dogs aren't the only ones that sometimes need a muzzle. Sometimes we might look pretty good in one. <laughs> it looks like the wrong words are going to come out. Look, okay, I need to go on, don't I? I'm all right, Beth. All right. Going to the end of the chapter. Here we go to the next verse. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Do not grieve Him. Do not grieve Him. Get rid of all bitterness, rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. What a great church that lives like this. Amen. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other. How are we to forgive them? Just as in Christ, God forgave you. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the salvation that you, through Christ, make available. Thank you that you spoke and allowed me to hear back many years ago. To receive your forgiveness, that was one for me at Calvary. By Jesus on a cross. Now as you sit at the right hand of the Father, Lord Jesus, and pray for me, the mist, the weird one. I am grateful you have redeemed me. And so are the rest of us. And Father, maybe there is somebody here who has not received that forgiveness. It's a great day to do that. I just pray if maybe someone here and they haven't followed you, they haven't said yes to your forgiveness and trusted you and turned your direction. What a great time to do that now. I just pray you'd speak to any hearts that need to follow you today. May they follow you. For the rest of us, maybe someone needs to come to the altar to pray. Maybe there's something that Father has, well, quite honestly has been a thorn and they've not gotten along with your people. And, and Lord, it's grieved your spirit. And Don't wait. What a great time. At a time we call invitation response to say, forgive me, Lord. And maybe it means not only going, maybe it doesn't mean going up the aisle. Maybe it means going across the aisle. I don't know. But I pray in this time we call response that we would simply say yes to your spirit, Lord, whatever it is. It's, you know, stay where we are, come to the altar, share with your people something. I don't know. I just want you to work. In Christ's name we pray.